the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. We are back from our Christmas New Year's break. Hope that uh, you and your family had yourself an enjoyable break. And uh, our first broadcast of 2021. Good to see you. How are things? Oh, I feel good about it. Holy cow. That was the crowd gathered downtown. No, they're actually they're actually here in my spare room. (laughs) In your basement. It's amazing how many. Amazing how many you can jam into the spare room here in the North Hills. It's, it's kind of like, you know, the lineup for like the Paul Shannon Adventure Time or something. There's a, a bleacher full of people in that spare room. A bleacher might be a good way I could fit some people in here. Let's yeah, work yeah. on it for January. Very good. Was it a good break for you? It was a good break. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like it went fast. I mean, I look back on what I did and the answer is not much. Mm, I did not do much either. The I answer sat around. I ate a lot. Uh, I ate a lot. I, uh, I cooked a lot. Yeah. Did you though? And yeah, I did. Good for you. I did a lot of cooking Stay and it was fun. It was, it was a really wonderful time. How about you, John? Yeah. Happy to, you know, I read, I ate, I okay. watched a heck of a lot of movies. There were, there were like days where my wife and I said, okay, no guilt, no shame. We're going to sit here. And that's exactly what we did from 10 o'clock in the morning until midnight. <laughs> wasn't, it I, a sh- wasn't it a shock to get on the scale this morning? <laughs> I, I don't want to look at that number, right? Ooh. No, I do not. Wow. All right. That'll, All get right. you, that'll get you right back into reality. It surely will. Of course we do. Okay, so let's get underway with this uh, show. As we always do, let's start off today by looking at the top four at four. All righty, John, Mike, for Monday, January 4th, 2021. Number one, thousands more doses of COVID-19 vaccines set to arrive in Pennsylvania this week, with more than half reserved for healthcare workers awaiting their second dose of the two-dose vaccine. Secretary of Health Dr. Rachel Levine talked about it today, and according to the TRIB, she said 135,044 Pennsylvanians have received the vaccine in the first phase. And a federal partnership with Walgreens and CVS saw the companies go into 115 skilled nursing facilities to vaccinate staff and residents. So isn't that terrific news? Number two, President Trump is not going quietly into the good night. Setting up this week is a dramatic test of loyalty to him. The president is calling his core supporters to rallies in Washington to underscore the point. Senators Josh Hawley of Missouri and Ted Cruz of Texas are urging their colleagues to go on the record either favoring or opposing the president's effort to reverse the election in defiance of Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, who is defending the accuracy of America's November vote. It'll be interesting to see what in the world the Republican Party will look like after this very ugly and very public tug of war. 
Number three, and of course, all of this happening while the U.S. Senate lies in limbo, awaiting tomorrow's vote in the state of Georgia. In the latest polling, Democrat John Ossoff leads Republican Senator David Perdue 49 percent to 47 percent in the regular Senate election, while Democrat Raphael Warnock leads Republican Senator Kelly Loeffler 49 to 47 in the special Senate election. But polls open bright and early tomorrow and only the actual votes count. And there's not much at stake except, of course, the balance of the U.S. Senate. And if you liked everything about yesterday's Steeler-Browns game except the final score, then you'll be happy about next Sunday night when the teams will meet again in one of the AFC wildcard games. Now, yesterday's contest, if you watched it, you know it featured a lot of backup players and both Mason Rudolph and Josh Dobbs at quarterback. Now, I can't imagine the Steelers having all three QBs active for this weekend's meeting, but we've got six full days of conversation where we can all debate that because as of last night, it is NFL playoff season. For the first time in 18 years, the Cleve Brownies are in it. Aren't they cute? Aren't they cute how they're trying? And that is your top four at four. Nice. You know, for the first time this year, I missed the majority of the Steeler game. (gasps) Mm-hmm. Yesterday, yeah, I just missed the game. Really, you just bu- forgot about it. You went to no, sleep. No, no, I, I um, I tuned in early, and okay. then I got busy with other things, and I kind of let it go. And uh, I, I was, I had it on the radio, and uh, I missed fully, totally the uh, t- the try for the two point conversion, oh. the stunning comeback. But, yeah, the two point um, conversion didn't pan out. So what happened? Uh, uh, it went through Claypool's um fingers. Yeah, it was it was too high. Okay, as I remember. Well, Mason Rudolph, uh, he looked pretty good, didn't he? He had, a, he had a good game. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Mike, did you watch the game? I did not watch the game. I was a bad yinzer yesterday. What and, the heck? You no, guys no, are a disappointment it. already. I know it. I yeah. mean, we, it didn't really make much of a difference, right? So, okay. Okay. I mean, but there was a lot to see. I mean, yeah, it was like, yeah. you know, and our, don't you guys have obligations to the team? <laughs> <laughs> Next <laughs> Sunday was 8.15 in the evening. I mm-hmm. like an, an evening game. Do you not? I like an evening game, and I do think it's cute how those brownies are trying. Isn't that sweet? Listen, don't sell these guys short because mm. wouldn't it be horrible to Get end the here. season on a loss? Yeah. Wouldn't it be horrible? Well, we're going to end it. Well, unless we win the Super Bowl, we're going to end the season on a loss. To the Cleveland Browns. Well, that would be pe- terrible. That would be absolutely wretched, be Very, actually. very I can't careful. I believe you even said that's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen, but I, you know. Don't, no, it don't, is blasphemy. Thank you. You don't want to count your chickens before they're hatched here. <laughs> I'm okay? not counting my chickens. I just feel optimistic about it. I feel that's like my confidence is based on a lot of things i've seen in the last all right four months i appreciate it but i don't want to get too puffy just don't get too you know ahead of ourselves i feel a little puffy after getting on the scale today there's a reason for that (laughs) okay what was the thing that you most enjoyed eating during the break uh very good question there's a tie the tie between the chocolate walnut cream pie Mm. and the zucchini with dark chocolate zucchini bread with dark chocolate oh zucchini bread with dark chocolate Mm -hmm. that'd be kind of hard to beat yeah it's pretty nice uh apple pie oh Uh, always makes a good appearance and of course uh, we bought ourselves this is a family tradition we bought ourselves one of those large uh whitman samplers the dark (gasps) chocolate you Uh, did we do that every every christmas and seriously, I'm just po- like popping, 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 eating dark chocolate. There, so does it come with the little map so you know mm-hmm. what you're getting now? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that might be cheating. No, no, no. It's really good I because you, I think you, I think you're supposed to submit yourself to the uncertainty of not knowing what you're going to bite into. 
If you can avoid those nasty creams, I'm happy to have that. I like a vanilla cream. No, like the strawberry cream, all that stuff. I'm not going to, that's the last thing I'm going to eat. Like last night at 10 o'clock. Okay. I'll still come to the creams. All right. Mike, what did you eat that you enjoyed over the uh, Christmas break? I had a boatload of sauerkraut, which I enjoyed (gasps) greatly. Greatly. Sounds gaseous. Yes. Wow. For New Year's. (laughs) For New Year's. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, that and pulled pork. I had a lot of pulled pork the last Mm -hmm. couple of weeks here. And yes, (laughs) I've probably gained at least, I'd say, uh, I'd say about eight pounds. Yeah. Last couple of weeks here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Keep it going. I'm I'm with you on that. Absolutely. It's my 2020 New Year's resolution. Eat whatever whatever the heck I want in 2020. Oh, don't do that. Don't. That's my goal. All dangerous. of a sudden, your goal for 2022 is going to look a lot different. Yeah, it will be. It'll be the double chin edition of the ride home. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a break. We come back. We're going to reset for the uh, new year. Listen, uh, not greener grass, but sturdy hope for 2021. That's ahead. The Monday edition, New Year's edition of the ride home with John and Kathy right here on Word FM. W-O-R-D. Congratulating Roberta Holder, the winner of the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. I am. Oh, thank you. Roberta will have her rent payments covered for all of 2021 up to $15,000. Oh, thank you so much. That would be such a big relief off of me. My family, we struggle all the time just to pay our, pay our rent, so... Over 1 million people entered nationwide. Congratulations again to Roberta. And be sure to check for more contests anytime at wordfm.com slash contest. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsoruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsoruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsoruspittsburgh.com. Election fraud, radical abortion rights. Open borders, riots in our streets, and regime changes in other nations. Meet George Soros, an atheist and one of the most dangerously influential people in America, pouring millions of dollars into the leftist agenda, instigating society's demoralization to control a free people and destroy the foundations of Christianity and our constitutional order. Watch the new film, Billionaire Radical. George Soros and the scheme to remake America. Online at SalemNow.com. See the movie that George Soros and the far left don't want you to see. Learn the truth and prepare to be shocked 
billionaire radical george soros and the scheme to remake america online at salemnow.com for just 9.99 or buy the dvd for just 12.99 go to salemnow.com get 20 percent off with promo code pittsburgh at salemnow.com promo code pittsburgh Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu. Wouldn't it have been nice as we counted down New Year's Five, four, three, two, one, happy new year. And we turn the calendar and all those bad feelings, all mm-hmm. that distress, all the fear, the anger, all of that would just vanish. Well, of course that didn't happen. We just went through a little marker in time and we're still, you know, suffering through many maladies that will continue on deep into 2022, just or 2021. I mean, it's just the nature of being alive. Well, Clarissa Mall is with us. She herself, no stranger to maladies and suffering. She wrote a piece, not greener grass, but sturdy hope for 2021. And happy to have you back. Clarissa, thanks for coming along today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Clarissa, it's funny, isn't it? That the way people talk about the new year is that once you turn the calendar page, all of a sudden you're like somehow living in a different world or your reality's magically changed. I mean, that's not the way it really works. Yeah, it really is hopeful thinking, isn't though? Yeah. You know, we we really we want change. We we long for abundance to be satisfied, and the new year seems as good a time as any to uh, renew our hopes for those things. Right. Yeah. So, Clarissa, in your piece, you talk about your, your husband Rob, and I, w- I want you to tell that story because you suffered through a year that was cataclysmic. You go back to New Year's Eve of uh, 2019. And uh, Rob had just died. Tell us that story. That's right. Uh, Rob had died on our family vacation in July of 2019 and uh, leaving me with our four children without him. And so New Year's Eve of 2019 was a pretty tough season for us. Uh, I was happy to leave 2019 and enter into 2020, which seems kind of ironic now um, as I see that 2020 was uh, a tough year as well. But carrying grief into a pandemic was a a challenging experience for our family. And we certainly longed for greener pastures as we entered that new year last year. And what did the pastures end up being like, Clarissa? Well, (laughs) pretty parched and dry, I'll be honest. Uh, The experience of of grief is is a hard one, and uh, it's been harder even with the isolation of the pandemic. And yet in that, uh, I've I've learned that um, I'm often looking for the wrong things. In the new year especially, I, I look over the fence into the new year, and I hope for greener pastures when my good shepherd offers them to me right now. Uh, green pastures and still waters, Psalm 23 tells us. Mm. But I'm always looking ahead. I'm looking for something else when his provision is right there at my feet, uh, waiting for me to receive it. Right. I mean, isn't it shocking, right? I mean, you go through a season of grief, and you think, well— Soon and very soon, I hope and I pray that this uh, season will end. And of course, and it doesn't. And uh, this past year just prolonged it even further and deeper in, in your own personal life, and of course across the country and the world, Clarissa. So, I mean, how, how do you how do you make how do you make sense of that? I mean, in the midst of it all, you know, everyone was suffering this year, but you sort of had double layers of it as well. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know, grief is something that doesn't go away. We we want to think that we move through five stages and then we're done, presto, it's over. But uh, grief is an emotion. We carry it with us um, for the rest of our lives in one way or another. And the losses that we've all experienced over the course of 2020 will travel with us into this new year and into the years to come. And so it's really a matter of learning how to shoulder that burden. And uh, and so as a Christian, I'm really grateful for Jesus, who says, take my burden. It's way lighter than the one you're carrying. And um, and I will make you restful. I will give you rest. And um, it's only found in him. And that's the only way we can do that. Clarissa Mull is with us. Her writing has appeared at the Gospel Coalition, Christianity Today, and Rooted. You can find her online at clarissamull.com. Uh, her husband, Rob, was a, uh, a frequent guest on our show, and we love him and miss him. Clarissa, not like you do, but certainly in a public sense. His witness for Jesus and the way that he wrote, especially on issues of suffering, were so helpful to so many people. Um, talk about his writings uh, for you, Clarissa, and and all that went into um, all that went into his work. I mean, is it weird for for me to ask if any of that work has ended up helping you grieve him? Oh, certainly it has. You know, we, he wrote about death and dying in his book, The Art of Dying, and so we talked about death a lot throughout our marriage. Um, I'd, I'd like to make a clarification that I was ready for his death in that we talked about death, but there's nothing that can prepare you for the grief of losing someone that you love. Um, but in a lot of ways, our conversations about his work did help in, um, in preparing me for what was to come. I feel like it was a real mercy of the Lord that we had so many of those conversations over the years. And, um, and the ways that his word still goes out into the world through his writing, through the writing that I'm able to do, it still feels like a partnership that we have together um, to encourage people that, um, that they're not alone in their suffering, that Jesus is present even in the very darkest places of our lives. Uh, it's a gift that we got to enjoy together as a couple, and now it really feels like an honor to be able to continue his words in the world in that way. Mm-hmm. So then, as you look forward to 2021, Clarissa, where, where are you in this stage? I mean, how do you reset yourself personally? Again, you know, it's a, the second New Year's has gone by with the absence of Rob in your life. And you look forward to this new year. Of course, we're all hoping to, to open up a little bit, to move, to have a, you know, a, a deeper, stronger connection. What's it look like for you ahead? I mean, you know, are there changes that are about to set foot that you can, you know, sort of put into motion? Or are you like all of us uh, sort of, you know, held captive to to governments and, uh, you know, the borders that are put in place? Well, you know, I'm I'm just like everybody else. I like a New Year's resolution, but I find that I pretty quickly write a list of things and it becomes like a want list. Or if I'm honest, a more of a demand list, Lord, give me this in the new year. Um, I say it in nice terms. I say, I hope for this, but really it is, it's a want. And I find that I'm more apt to long for the gift instead of the giver. And so for me, my prayer for 2021 has just been, uh, Lord, give me yourself, give me yourself. When I go to the scriptures, uh, don't, don't point me toward a plan, point me to you, let me see your face. And I think that uh, for me, in my experience of grief in 2019 and in 2020, Jesus' presence has been what has been enough. Um, I can't say that life has certainly gotten easier in the past uh, 18 months since Rob died, 
Uh, the pandemic has made things challenging, and parenting children through loss is a challenging job. And yet Jesus has walked with me, and I'm grateful for his presence. And so that's what my hope is. That's what my longing is for the coming year. Clarissa, for people listening to the show who, you know, haven't yet met Jesus, you know, they're hearing this conversation and they're thinking, well, that's weird. I mean, what does that mean? Like, you know, she's looking at the face of Jesus, you know, in practical terms, what has that been like for you? Um, How would you explain that to someone who doesn't have a faith perspective? Mm, That's a good question. You know, a lot of uh, grief writers will tell you that um, grief is all there is, that when you lose your person, um, it's horrible, and that's all there is to it. And for me, that feels like a really hopeless kind of perspective. Um, For me, my hope and grief has been that there is a purpose that is larger than what I can understand. And so I go to the Bible and I spend time, time in books like the Psalms or in the Gospel of John, and I try to get to know who God is. Um, I read about him being gentle, about him being kind, about him being particularly tender-hearted to people who are grieving like I am. And I think, oh, this is someone I want to be around. I want to get to know this person more. And that's the joy of reading the Bible, that it's not a list of do's and don'ts, but it's really a love letter, an invitation to know this person who longs to be with us. So then, is that the encouragement? I mean, I'm sure in this journey of grief, you, like you said, you know, the, you know, the, the well-established five stages of grief, within those stages, you had to lose your mind at some point, right? You had to have anger. You had to have resentment. You had to, you know, take care of your kids and all this. It, it had to be overwhelming. And, you know, not to say that you're coming out of the other end, but still, there's a measure of grace in all this that things have, I think, probably just time itself has helped things get better slowly. Yeah, you know, there's a, a classic Christian book called Hind's Feet on High Places. And mm-hmm. in it, the main character, Much Afraid, walks to the high places, trusting her shepherd, and her companions on the road are sorrow and suffering. And I think it's really interesting that Hannah Hernard, the author, didn't uh, take away sorrow and suffering. They they instead were companions on this journey to know the shepherd more, to love him more. And I think that's how my life, and it's honestly how life in general is, uh, that we can't hope for the eradication of all of our pain and sorrow, at least the side of glory. But we can know that there's a possibility of walking with a good God in the midst of our sorrow and suffering, who will provide for us, who will protect us, who will give us all that we need and give us joy, even in the midst of the hard times. That is Clarissa Mole. You can find her online at clarissamole.com. Hey, Clarissa, your kids have a great mom. Uh, we're really grateful for your <laughs> presence uh, on our show and for the good writing and all the good stuff that you're bringing to the world. So thank you. Happy New Year. Thank you so much. It's great to talk to you. You as well. We'll take a quick break. Listen, um, to dream post-vaccination dreaming of getting out of your house, where are you in all this? I mean, it seems a long way away, but hopefully at some point we'll escape our homes. That's next. If you were lied to and buying a timeshare and worn out, you need my help. Hi, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started the timeshare cancellation industry by exposing the ugly truth about timeshare and giving folks the straight facts. I've been fighting the timeshare giants ever since, so no one knows this industry better than me and my team. 
Today, we have 383 employees and have saved our clients an average of $65,000 in lifetime payments. Imagine putting those timeshare dollars back in your pocket. If you were told in a timeshare presentation that this was available today and today only, that timeshare was a great investment, or your maintenance fees will never go up, call my office now. I guarantee if we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call now for your free information kit. 800-881-4242. 800-881-4242. Welcome back to Customize and Save with Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, the game show where you only pay for what you need. And we're out of time. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Across the country, the fall semester of colleges have come to an end. Now, of course, COVID has really affected how colleges teach. Your child maybe have been in college and uh, has had primarily Zoom classes. We're happy to report that Grove City College, where Kath and I have children who have attended, really made a great effort to make sure that most of the students were able to attend in-person classes. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It's been a good semester. Our kids have really thrived this semester. We really had great encouragement from the teaching that was online and in person at Grove City College. Now, of course, there were some COVID cases, but not enough to really affect things or shut things down. So Grove City College, if you're thinking about your child for next semester or next year at Grove City College, we'd highly recommend because we know the leadership and the quality, the nature of those who are in leadership at Grove City College. Yeah, and I feel like I can speak well to this, John, because my daughter's one of the people who got COVID-19, and she's a student at Grove City. We had to bring her back um, at the beginning of November, and uh, nothing at all about this entire era is ideal, but I felt like the college did the best that they could in dealing with rising cases, and a lot of students went home, some students stayed, and I think you're right. The prioritization of in-person learning as long as they possibly could is what really made this semester go. That's right. If you're looking for a quality education with Christ-centered in the middle, Grove City College, online, gcc.edu. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM, Pittsburgh, at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. This afternoon, cloudy with a snow shower in spots, high 36. Cloudy for tonight, low 30. Mostly cloudy Tuesday, high 36. Tomorrow night, low 30. Mostly cloudy on Wednesday, high again, 36. Cloudy on Thursday, high 35. And sunshine and some clouds Friday with a high 36. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. got a good friend who has the time and the means to travel internationally on a regular basis. There was a time not too long ago before the shutdown where she and a group of her girlfriends rented a house in the Italian countryside, and they hired uh, an Italian couple to teach them the fine art of Italian cooking. Wow. That's fabulous. That's pretty nice life. It surely is. Now, as you might imagine, since the shutdown, She's not traveling anywhere along with the rest of us stuck up. uh, She's stuck in her place uh, here in the city of Pittsburgh, but she's already making plans to in May, uh, hopefully escape and to go back out into the world. 
Now, you know, it's a bit of a gamble to, to you know, try to think, oh, well, May might happen or June might happen. I'm going to get, you know, my vaccine shots. I'm going to go ahead and book my airline flights in the hopes that, you know, those restrictions are down. There's all these barriers in there. But the fact of the matter is, I think no matter, you know, if you want to go to, you know, Zelianople or you want to go to Zanzibar, everybody wants to get out of their house sooner rather than later. Yes. Listen, I've been ups- I don't know what's happened, but in the last month, it's all I can think about. I just want to go somewhere. <laughs> I am obsessing. I spent yeah. I spent 20 hours of my vacation listening to a podcast um, called uh, Far From Home mm. about a guy and his brother and their two friends who took three months, oh, nearly three months and drove in a car from London all the way through Western Europe, through Eastern Europe, through Iran, through all the stands, and through the entirety of Mongolia. And they ended up on the other side of it in Russia, having driven 11,000 miles. Oh, my gosh. Which is one quarter of the Earth's circumference. I spent 20 hours listening to that podcast because I (laughs) needed to get out. (laughs) And did it help? It did. Yeah, I'm sure it did. Yeah, anywhere that you can escape in your mind is is good as well, right? Okay, so are you yourself? You're making plans to get away maybe this summer? I haven't made plans, but I've been watching a lot of things on TV about like best cities to visit or Mm -hmm. underappreciated small towns in Europe or, you know, great American road trips or whatever it is. Nice. Okay, now I've said this before that uh, we're doing a family wedding. Uh, My niece is getting married in Seattle this summer. My wife... Uh, she is uh, lobbying hard to drive across country and back for the wedding. How am I going to do that? Well, you can drive. I just don't know how you can drive there and back. You could drive there and fly back. I no? don't know. I mean, it, or you, you could know, fly there and drive back, which might be even better. I guess I, I'm not, I'm all for it. I, I want to do it, but boy, that's a heck of a long way to travel. Plus there's a time constraint. I mean, you know, it's not like I can right. take a month away from the job. That's and, the uh, problem, right? right? If I had a yeah. month, it'd be okay. Right. I know. It's frustrating. Yeah. I was reading this article in the Wall Street Journal, John, about um, it was a it was a survey of people who travel for a living. And the question that was asked to them was, whenever you can travel again, how will your traveling be different than it was pre-pandemic? Yeah, right. What has the pandemic changed about you? Uh There were some really interesting responses to that. Really? Okay. So go into that then. These yeah. are prof- uh, these people are like what they call the road warriors, right? right? These are the road warriors. Mm-hmm. Okay. Stacy Lasa, who's a travel journalist. She said, um, I look forward to thanking every TSA agent from now on. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was good. Um, Eric Cooper, uh, he said this, the freedom to travel is really something special. And once it's back, I'm not going to take it for granted. I'm going to focus my energy on creating more intimate experiences and spending more time soaking in the nuances instead of seeing how many places I can visit. Oh, yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, Ben Pundle says this, this is good. If there's one thing I'll be taking with me and what I can only hope will be the beginning of the roaring twenties when taking to the skies is patience. Lives have been lost. Jobs have been lost. Homes will be lost. And the sanity of humanity is questionable. Everybody's going through something that we know nothing about. This should be remembered every step of the way from the ride to the airport, the lines at check-in and security and disembarking from my flights. Okay, those are all worthy sentiments. Let's hope 
in the midst of all this, right, whenever things go back to, you know, full fruition, that people remember those. I know. Because, man, it's hard to travel. Oftentimes, temperatures are very short. People get irritated super quick. So, yeah, that's a... That's a great sentiment. I'd love it to is. have that. But man, uh, you know, it's a messy, ugly, slow slog once you start to travel again. I know that. Okay. Let me give you a couple more. Okay. Samantha Brown, whose uh, show has been on the Travel Channel for a long time. She says, uh, I want to bring my kids with me as much as possible. I realized during the pandemic how important my kids' travel memories have been and how they've actually sustained us as we navigated through this emotionally difficult year. Hmm. Okay. Um, Bill Esparza said, I'm not going to hesitate when that quick side trip comes up and I'm going to be more in the moment when I'm dining or sightseeing in the moment. All right. Isn't that good? That's very good. Okay. So if, if you, someone said to you, when it's all over, mm-hmm. you can travel someplace. Mm-hmm. Where's the first place you want to go? Is cost a consideration? Well, I'm, I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. You personally in the realm of who you are, I'm not saying, you know, you can go to Paris although that'd be very nice to go to Paris. Okay. Uh, but, you know, there's a trip that's planned. What's your destination? Well, if I could plan any trip, I would go to Western Europe. I would like to hang out there for a good month, just go into little towns. I'm really not all that interested in hitting London or Paris. I mean, I'd love to go. Everybody would love to go to Paris. Yeah. But I don't really want to go to big cities. I would just like to wander around mm-hmm. and just see little tiny, teeny places in Europe. Villages. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. fine. What about you? Well, look, I just, more than anything, I just want to go to the ocean. Oh, I just yeah. want to go to the Southern Ocean and just mm-hmm. lounge in the sun. That's really, I, I mean, I could do that any year at all. And I need to just get back to the ocean. And I don't care where that is, as long as it's in the South somewhere. That's all. Mike, where do you want to go? I'm right there with John. Give me the ocean. Give me that breeze. Give me that. Yeah. Yes. Give me the water. Mike yeah. just wants to get out of the bathroom. He's remodeling. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He wants Indeed. to get out of his six by six bathroom. Anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll do anything. Uh, yeah. You think you're desperate. <laughs> well, you just bought a house, so you're not going anywhere, yeah. my friend. You just you stay right, right there. You stay right there. Okay, we'll take a break. Come back. Listen, um, there's a prayer that you have to hear. Oh, um, anyway, stick around for that. It's uh, It's in the nation's capital. This is what's coming our way. That's next. W-O-R-D. Maybe you've heard business gurus talk about the importance of having a mission statement that spells out why your organization exists and what your goals are. With that in mind, what should the mission statement of your church be? What does Scripture say? Consider that in John MacArthur's study called The Bible-Driven Church on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 W-O-R-D. In 1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. 
We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Millville Park, Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1335. Rack animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Wow. I think we can all agree that a lot went wrong in 2020. But you can start 2021 off right with a resolution to help protect your identity and personal info using LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. The sad truth is, one in five people have been a victim of identity theft. But LifeLock alerts you to potential threats to your identity. And they see more than you can when you just monitor your credit. Like your info for sale on the dark web. And if there's a problem, LifeLock's U.S.-based restoration specialists know the steps to take to help resolve your case. Of course, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses... But LifeLock is the New Year's resolution that helps you protect what you've worked so hard for. Get 25% off your first year with promo code SMART at LifeLock.com. That's promo code SMART for up to 25% off at LifeLock.com. Maxwell, she was scratching and losing some hair. My vet, she says, oh, he must be allergic to chicken. Another vet said, he's the drain. Third vet said, it's the weather. And then somebody said, Oh. It took two weeks, and the dog stopped itching, the hair stopped falling out, the Dynavite is a big part of Maxwell's diet. You get some Dynavite, how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Our first show of the new year, we are streaming officially on Facebook, The Ride Home with John and Kathy on Facebook. Hey, uh, yesterday, a Democratic representative who also happens to have been a pastor for 37 years gave an official prayer to open the 117th Congress. Uh, Representative Emanuel Cleaver, a Democrat from Missouri, uh, gave a prayer. And uh, this, let's, let's play this clip. This is how the prayer ended. We ask it in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma, and God known by many names, by many different faiths. A man and a woman. All right. That was at our nation's capital yesterday. Uh, Dr. Carl Truman is with us from the Department of Biblical and Religious Studies at Grove City College. Dr. Truman's latest book is called The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to Sexual Revolution. Carl, welcome back. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. It's great to be back. Thank you. Um, listen, I, I need to play that clip again, Carl. It was, it was at the very end of the clip. Mike, play this, and then let's talk about this, okay? A man and a woman. A man and a woman. Uh, uh, Carl, it is so ridiculous. I don't know whether to start this on an etymological basis or a theological basis. Carl, why don't you respond to this? Well, I mean, I'm glad you played it. I, I did see it earlier on the on my computer, but I'm glad you played it twice then because I'm not sure I believed it the first time around. <laughs> uh, I mean, my my immediate reaction is, well, you know, the dominant narrative in the in the air today is that the Republican Party is the party of stupid people. Well, that excerpt makes it very clear that that uh, stupidity is no monopoly of any one political party. I don't think at this point. That is a quite remarkable moment uh, in right. the uh, 
So, Carl, I mean, was it was it a joke? I mean, is Amen really about men? Well, of course not. I mean, Amen derives from the Hebrew and comes into English via Greek and Latin. Uh, the the ending men m e n it, it's simply a sound that represents uh, or means a certain thing in that context. Uh, the idea that it is somehow originates as a gender exclusive sort of blessing or, or functions linguistically in the same way that when we used to say he we meant both men and women in the past um, is absolutely ridiculous. I mean it's it's staggeringly ignorant, uh, as you'd say, theologically and etymologically. Yes. Yeah. And Carl, I have to say, since I'm the only woman in the conversation, I don't mean to speak for my whole gender, so I guess I'll just speak <laughs> for me. Good job. But uh, thinking that the inequalities that women have suffered throughout time and that many women suffer right now could possibly could possibly be solved or ameliorated in any way based on such a silly statement like that. It's just, I mean, it's insulting. Yeah, it's it's cheap righteousness. And of course, the irony, oh, if you listen gosh. to the prayer as a whole, the prayer is this rather preening uh, and self-righteous prayer against the intrusion of ideology into uh, the discussion, well, into the nation and into the discussions of the the capital. And ironically, of course, it ends with one of the most ideologically grounded statements one's ever likely to hear in the capital. So it's not only incoherent, but there are huge ironies involved in the statements as well. Right. I mean, even before our men are women, uh, you know, he invokes um, Brahma. I mean, what the heck is that all about? Well, I mean, it's, this is, is in some ways is sort of the problem of when you have religion in politics, when you no longer yeah. have a single dominant religion, you end up with all kinds of nonsense being spoken. Um, I mean, the idea that, that we can use multiple different names uh, and multiple different theologies all to refer to the same God is, is incoherent. Uh, I can't imagine that Jehovah enjoys being called Brahma any more than Brahma would enjoy being called Jehovah. Uh, Hinduism, Christianity, they are different religions. Dr. Carl Truman is with us. He's the author of a book I'm going to hold up in front of the screen. We're uh, streaming right now on Facebook. You can watch the show, uh, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Here's the book. It's The Ride. Can you see that there? There we go. The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self. We're talking to author Dr. Carl Truman. Okay, so um, so I think the three of us agree on how, how really ridiculous of a statement it was. Um, but let's talk about where it comes from. Carl, what does it tell us? I mean, is it too much to make some kind of uh, generalized, you know, cultural statement based on this? Well, I think there are a couple of couple of things to lie behind it. I mean, one to, to be to be charitable to to the gentleman uh, concerned. I think there's clearly he he wanted to be careful to pray in a way that people of other non-Christian religions didn't feel excluded or oppressed. So there was a I think a desire there for some kind of inclusivity, however misplaced that might desire might have been. I think that on one level one might say there was there was a good motive there. On the other hand, I think it's so typical of the way that religion is often used in in politics today, and it's become a sort of a rather sanctimonious way of of having a pop at the other side. I mean, the idea that one would use prayer to a holy God 
in order to slap one's political opponents is really quite uh, repugnant, I would have thought, to the, the, the truly godly person. Yes. And at the same time, it also, despite the the speaker's, the prayer's best intentions, it comes up very shallow. I mean, it sort of reminds me of, you know, you'll see someone, you know, someone's living room wall or wherever, you know, a sign that says believe. I mean, believe what? It doesn't mean anything. It's just this sort of blanket statement. And it's, you know, it's just kind of silly and uh, there's no point to it all. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of a wedding, a friend's wedding, where I was asked to pray at the at the dinner, and I did the grace, and uh, I sat down. I happened to be sitting next to a, a Jewish friend, and uh, she turned to me and said, uh, uh, "That grace, you mentioned Jesus too many times." And I, you know, I said to her, "Well, I'm a I'm a Christian pastor. That's that's what we do. It's what we're paid to do. It's the God we believe in." And I think that there's a sense in which if you're going to have prayer then prayer is going to be directed to a specific God and is therefore going to tread on the toes of, of those who, who don't hold to your particular uh, religion. So when you try to make a prayer so generic or you make it merely a party political statement, yes, it's going to be very, very bland and shallow and in this case, I think, uh, absurdly ridiculous. Yes. So then, Carl, then, then culturally, I mean, to, to open up the 117th session of Congress, would it be better then, instead of having someone try to be, you know, the be-all and end-all of prayers and pigeonhole or just, you know, try to jam in every God that's out there? Or, you know, maybe it'd be wiser to have people of the major faith traditions come up together and then pray individually. I mean, th- maybe that's a little uh- easier. I think that would be preferable. I mean, I'm almost inclined to say that silence is better than blasphemy, and <laughs> and maybe no prayer at all would be better than the one we had yesterday. Um, right. Uh, that's an odd thing for a religious person to say, I know, but when you look at uh, what took place, frankly, it just made religion look ridiculous, and it trampled on the name of God. Yes. Silence is better than blasphemy. That, uh, that may be the quote of the week at the early stages here, Carl. Well, okay, so, I mean, again, the point is that, you know, uh, the long tradition of praying in public, especially as um, lawmakers get together, that's a very good thing. But uh, to have blasphemy, of course, that's ridiculous. So whether you do a moment of silence or you allow different people to pray in their faith tradition— everything's become politicized. And, you know, and again, I don't want to bring you on the air. And of course, you don't want to run down someone and, and, you know, as they're trying to pray to their God, it just makes, you know, everyone look bad, but you reach a point where you go, well, what's the point of all this? And I guess it sort of, it sort of mirrors where we are culturally where, you know, people are kneeling before football games to, to make a political statement. So, you know, in the arena, everything sort of loses its, holiness or it's you know mm. it's beauty we've we've gone beyond that now where every moment has become politicized and god himself is up for grabs to who's ever got the microphone yeah and i think that points to a much deeper problem within our culture that we now have no space for the pre-political no space for the non-political um, and that's I, I think that is a much bigger problem than 
than simply the prayer at the Capitol. I have to comment on that prayer because I listened to the whole thing a couple of times. Uh, he used the Aaronic blessing in that prayer. Yeah. There was good stuff in the prayer that he said. And in fact, if he just left it with the Aaronic blessing, there's a sense in which everybody there could sort of have put their own spin on it, if you like. But at least the speaker himself would not have been vulnerable to the accusation of being ridiculous. Uh, there is, a, there are echoes of good stuff still in our culture. The problem is that they have now been trivialized and, and twisted. Carl Truman's with us. He's the author of the new book, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self. Uh, Carl, only a few minutes left. You've got a couple weeks left of your vacation before students are back at Grove City College. How do you feel about the coming semester? I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be good. tough, I think, with the COVID thing still continuing, but the college... They did a great job in the fall, and I think they've got a strategic plan in place for the spring. So, as always, I'm looking forward to the students being back on campus and getting back in the classroom with them. Terrific. Well, we're looking forward to another year of you joining us on the show, Carl. We can't tell you much we have enjoyed getting to know you and how much we appreciate your time. So, uh, Happy New Year to you and your family. Happy New Year to you as well. Thanks for having me on. We'll take a break. Come back. We've got much more ahead. We're just getting underway. The Monday edition post-Christmas and New Year's, the ride home with John and Kathy here on Word FM, streaming on Facebook. A man and a woman. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents and Doug. Okay, class, let's bump it up to nine. Come on, Limu, keep peddling. We got to build our endurance to let more people know that Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance. So you only pay for what you need. Pick up the pace, bird legs. Hey, don't talk to Lemu like that. I'm not. I'm talking to you. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Get a customized quote at LibertyMutual.com. If you've fallen behind in your credit card payments during the shutdown, you're probably feeling some added pressures. And even a brief history of late payments can lead to a big drop in your credit score. But you don't have to solve these problems alone. Trinity Debt Management can help. We'll work with your creditors, put a stop to late fees and other penalties, and make a plan that helps you get caught up. We'll also consolidate your bills into one easy-to-manage monthly payment and negotiate much lower interest rates. Not only will you find immediate relief, you'll save thousands. And don't worry, it's not a loan. It's a smart way to get back on track. All you have to do is give Trinity a quick call, and we'll take care of the rest. Right now, no one really knows what the future will bring. But one thing is for sure. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Here's the number. Call one 800 936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. All the online Christmas shopping this year had me too quick to double click. Just too easy to spend money. I had a checkout cart with five golden rings, four calling birds, and three chia pets. If you too let your Christmas cheer spread a bit too far and you're tired of being stretched financially, tired of the constant credit card stress, and you're curious if a refinance or cash-out refinance would help, know that we're a faith and family mortgage team committed to Word FM. It sounds so radio commercial to say, but it really is true that mortgage rates have gone from historically low levels to somehow even a bit lower as of late, leaving millions of Americans with the potential opportunity to either lower your monthly payment a couple hundred bucks or cash out a chunk of equity that's sitting in your home to use for life. If you'd like to see what that would look like for you, we 
our United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. Nice. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. The changes haven't been easy, but there's help. The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We can design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. I'm happy to tell you both at the beginning of 2021 that um, in case you needed more carbs, it is National Spaghetti Day. Oh, very nice. Now, I'm not. This is not specifically about spaghetti, but it is about pasta. Um, I had a I had a salute to pasta, which may have uh, to do with what I saw on the scale this morning. But on Christmas Eve, <laughs> we had the uh, we had the traditional Polish Christmas Eve dinner of pierogi. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we had uh, pierogi stuffed with sauerkraut. We had ones that had potato and bacon, ones that had potato and cheese, and ones nice. that had cottage cheese. Mm, beautiful. Okay, so that was Christmas Eve. Christmas Day. We did ravioli. Nice. Okay. So we did the dumpling Polish style. We did mm. the dumpling uh, Italian style. And then for New Year's Eve, I made pot stickers. So mm. we did the dumpling, whatever Asian subspecialty. So uh, it's came. the dumpling, but just different countries with their stamp. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. So I'm happy to be celebrating National Spaghetti Day. Very and nice. so I ask you, which country you think consumes the most pasta overall that's question number one john okay i would say the obvious answer is uh, italy no i'm sorry it is the united states oh of course but that's because the united states is way bigger of a country that's really not that big of a question the more important question is per capita per person Mm. which country on earth eats the most pasta i would say italy and you are correct and it's not even a close race really okay so 26 kilograms per person 26 kilograms. What is that? Uh, Which is about to? 52 pounds. 52 I... pounds per person. <laughs> Holy moly. And the Italians, when you look at them, they look very live, don't they? They look very exotic and mm-hmm. you know, cinematic Grim. and beautiful. Yes. 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 I mean, 52 pounds. That's really shocking. It's okay. So Italy pounds. is number one by far. It's not mm-hmm. even close. Okay. The second, uh, the, the country that comes in second is the United States. Really, per capita, what, yeah, which what? was a surprise to me. That's eight point eight kilograms. That's only that's only sixteen pounds per person. Boy, that's a sharp drop off. It really is. It's okay, so we we made a trip to the strip over the uh, Christmas break and bought mm-hmm. ourselves some fresh pasta. Oh yeah, how was that? Fabulous. Mm. There's. Do you no- feel like it's that much better than it's dried? Times ten. I mean. Oh. We we loved it so much. We we started to talk about you know making our own fresh pasta. Mm-hmm. You know buying like a pasta maker. Doing yeah. a, have you ever done that? No, but my niece makes her own fresh pasta, and I have been the recipient of it, and it is delightful. Of course, it is. Now now when you ha- you know buy it in the box, it tastes one way. There's no comparison. It's I mean, like a whole different. It's you can't even really compare them, right? No, you really can't. No, okay. I mean it's just fabulous every which way. Okay, U.S. Uh, second. Okay, coming in close third is Germany. The Germans and mm-hmm. pasta. Yeah, really. the Germans are into their pasta because they have, you know, their. Why can't I think of what it's called? Uh, it's their like their their thick, eggy pasta begins with an S. 
Every German out there is like really? screaming what? right now at the radio. Like, how can you think of this? Sp- Spetzel. Spetzel. Thank you. Spetzel. Okay. Uh, third is uh, okay. So we have Italy, we have the U.S., we have Germany. Next comes Russia. Russia, really? Which was a little bit of a surprise to me. I, I don't. I guess I don't know very much about Russian food. And then Brazil hmm. rounds out the top five. Well. Happy uh, Pasta Day. Was it International no, it's Pasta na- Day? It's National Spaghetti Day, actually. Oh, Spaghetti Day. Now, what about angel hair? Oh, uh, that's my favorite. It, you got to eat it fast because it cools down. One. So I delicate. Like 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in and at radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Vice President Pence was in Milner, Georgia today, campaigning for Republican Senators David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler, a day ahead of Tuesday's special runoff elections in Georgia. Speaking at an afternoon rally, Mr. Pence expressed confidence that residents would send the incumbents back to Washington, D.C. President Trump will hold a rally for the two senators tonight in Dalton, Georgia. A British judge has rejected a request by the United States to extradite WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange to face espionage charges, saying it would be oppressive because of his mental health. And the Commerce Department reports spending on U.S. construction projects increased nine-tenths percent in November. Stocks closing lower today. The Dow dropped 382 points. The Nasdaq off 189, and the S&P fell 55. This is SRN News. For those of us who are healthy, it's hard to imagine what it's like to be chronically sick. If you're over 50, you may be fine today, but tomorrow, different story. Chronic illness can literally claim your financial world overnight. And suddenly you're tens of thousands in debt, mailbox overflowing with bills, notifications, warnings, and you think Obamacare will help you sort it out? Good luck getting someone even to talk to. This is Kathy Emmons, and my friends at Marley Financial have a better solution. It's their non-Obamacare pro-life health plan. It gives you the power of a national PPO instantaneously, savings of 30 to 60% off Obamacare for those over 50, no funding for abortion, and always someone to help you. Call 724-884-1496. One client recently in the hospital for 11 days for a bowel obstruction. The hospital billed him over $56,000. Marley Financial's non-Obamacare plan paid the entire claim and put seven thousand dollars in his pocket there's no other plan like it anywhere and you can get it now call 724-884-1496 or visit marleyfg.com baby it's cold outside baby it's cold outside brr isn't it chilly hi it's me marcia from the Springhouse, snuggling up to a nice warm bowl of homemade soup Winter on our farm means my brother Sam and his guys are trying to stay warm as they feed all the groups of cows, calves, and heifers out in the elements, milk the 100-cow herd twice a day, and handle all that comes with a working dairy farm, no matter what the weather is. Winter at the Springhouse store means a little slower pace, so it's a great time for our cooks to try out new main dishes, new sides, and new soup recipes like the one I'm enjoying, vegetarian chili. The bakers are even getting in on the act and trying new desserts too, like chocolate cherry corn. Stop by for lunch or supper and see what new creations they've come up with today. Good old-fashioned cooking featuring all-natural farm-fresh ingredients and lots of TLC. The Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. If you'd like a smartphone that's really smart, download the OnePlace.com app. 
the app that will inspire your faith daily and provide answers to the biggest questions of all. One Place lets you download your favorite pastor's programs and listen even offline or in airplane mode with easy connections to your Bluetooth speaker or dashboard. To download your free One Place app, visit the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store for your Android device and search for One Place. That's One Place. If you are a caregiver for a family member or loved one, this is an important message. Help at Home, formerly Excel Home Care, will pay you to take care of your family member or loved one. Yes, you heard that right. You can actually get paid to provide care to those you love. To learn more, contact Help at Home today and get started right now. Care and quality when you need it. Call Help at Home, 412-212-8950. 412-212-8950. This afternoon, cloudy with a snow shower in spots, high 36. Cloudy for tonight, low 30. Mostly cloudy Tuesday, high 36. Tomorrow night, low 30. Mostly cloudy on Wednesday, high again, 36. Cloudy on Thursday, high 35. And sunshine and some clouds Friday with a high 36. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, welcome. Thanks for coming along for the 5 o'clock hour of the Ride Home with Johnny Kathy. Our first broadcast, actually, of uh, 2021. Isn't it weird to say 2021? It, it's like, it seems otherworldly. I mean, I know we've does, gone well beyond that. Heck, I mean, I, you know, I still want to go, oh, it's 1982. <laughs> now, that would be otherworldly. <laughs> yeah. But 2021 seems just, just kind of strange to say. I know, I know, but it is 2021. And of course, uh, every periodical online, whether it's a newspaper, a magazine, blog site or whatever, is replete with people talking about how we can look back at 2020 and how we can think forward to 2021. Mm -hmm. Um, There was an interesting article in uh, the New York Times. John, you found this. Maybe it was today. Maybe it was yesterday. For a healthier 2021, keep the best habits of a very bad year. Now, here's kind of the crux of the article, and it made both and I, both John and I, do a little bit of self-reflection um, as we begin. And let me just parenthetically say, hey, we're streaming on Facebook. If you want to watch the show, please log on right now to Facebook and go to the Ride Home with John and Kathy. We'll wave to you, say hi, um, and wish you a, a happy New Year. All right. So back to the New York Times article, John. Here is what Kelly McGonigal said. She's a healthcare psychologist psychologist and a lecturer at Stanford. She said, quote, I don't think we have had the emotional appreciation we need and deserve for the kind of year many people have had. The reflection that's needed right now at the end of 2020 is a real, honest, and self-compassionate look at what's been lost, who's been lost, and what it is that you want to choose to remember about the past year. I think that has a lot of wisdom to it, right? I mean, it's been a year of incredible loss and incredible anxiety and fear and all those sorts of things. But um, the article goes on to say that as we look towards 2021 and the kind of habits that we want to either begin or continue or whatever it is, um, the article says that one of the best ways to change our behavior and form a new habit is to bundle it with an existing behavior, what in the science of habit formation is called 
stacking. Have you ever heard of stacking, John? No. What is that? All right. Now I want to tell you about it. Well, it's the reason doctors, for example, suggest taking a new medication at the same time as you brush your teeth or when you have your morning coffee, because you're more likely to remember to take your pill when you piggyback it onto a habit that you already have. So adding steps to your daily commute is often a better way to add exercise to your day than trying to start a whole new exercise routine in a whole new part of your day. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So by reflecting on the lessons of the past year, we can stack and build on good habits that we've established with maybe the new rhythms that 2020 has introduced and then add on to the things we like and maybe feel better about where we're going to end up. How do you feel about that, John? Yeah. Good. Uh, yeah. I'm all for that. Uh, okay. Anything that, you know, makes you a better person, right? Spiritually, emotionally, physically, psychologically, all for that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the idea of stacking though. I mean, uh, um, I'm not doing the stacking thing. I'm not, you know. I, I, well, but, I, you, but you're not supposed to be doing the stacking now. Perhaps this is an impetus to do stacking. I see. Okay. So I guess the question is, looking back at 2020, were there some habits that you acquired because of the change that we've all had to go through that you like, that you want to keep? Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. I, I'll, two things uh, quickly come to mind. Um uh, in one of, you know, in the spare room that we're broadcasting from, I, you know, I have sort of books scattered everywhere and uh, I, I've been, I've been reading standing up, like, you know, you've been broadcasting standing up. Well, instead of me reading, sitting at my desk all day long or whatever, you know, I'll stand, you know, one of these little dressers that I've got here. Mm-hmm. And as part of that, always up at the top of one of those stacks, I have um, the book of, of common prayer. And, uh, right. and whenever I start to read whatever that is, you know, whatever time of the day that is, I'll always open it up and I'll say a rote prayer hmm. just to sort of start the process, which has been a good, very good for me. I mean, I just kind of, there's no, there's no order to it. There's no symmetry. There's just me sort of going, okay, I'm going to, I want to pray here to sort of start the day to start the, this, this new activity. I love that. That's Which really great. It's been very helpful. Yeah. And and one other thing, I had a little uh, health challenge this year, as you all know. I um I went out and did a little shopping and bought myself a brand new shoulder. I had a little shoulder replacement. <laughs> Which is and exciting because that wasn't on your Christmas list last year, as I remember. It, no, it wasn't. No. Because, you know, hmm. I mean, you know, you think, what do I need this year? Well, not much. Well, I, you know, I could go for a new shoulder. So as part of the, you know, the PT process, they had me lifting like these really pathetic one pound weights, which made you feel like, you know, big wimpy, you know, and there I'm going, doesn't PT make you feel like, like you're, you're like, you're doing like a little finger exercise, you know, just horrible. So anyway, um, I went out and got myself some, uh, some heavier weights Mm. and uh, I've got some five pound and some 10 pound. And now I'm sort of doing the curls to to help with the, uh, the new shoulder. So that's stacking. I guess. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. All right. Good for you. Yeah. Are, are you yourself, you know, trying to uh, this new process? Well, I, one of the things that I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud because I have talked in the past about how much I dislike talking on the phone, right? Mm-hmm. I know it's a talk show and I know people come on and say, wasn't well, that ridiculous that you really, no, no. but I, but when we stop working, I just, I don't like talking on the phone. I just have a hard time with it. Um, however, in the last I don't know, maybe eight weeks or so, maybe a little longer than that. I've been trying to specifically set aside time to talk to people on the phone. 
Really? Now, this is something that is very, very hard for me. And I've really had to step out of my comfort zone, but especially this year on Christmas, because I didn't have a whole slew of people I was cooking for because it was just a much simpler time. It was just, you know, it was just the four of us here in our house. I set aside time during the day to call specific people, people who I knew were alone on Christmas or people who had lost somebody this Christmas or something like that. And it was really a good experience. And Mm -hmm. I thought, you know what, the reason I don't like to talk on the phone is because I'm selfish. (laughs) I know it's probably not a surprise to you guys, but I feel like it's important to say I love Yeah. Come on now. No, no, I, I, I get that. Right. I mean, it takes a lot of effort to pick up the phone instead of just sending somebody a text. Oh yeah. Yeah, it does. And I know that this is not an excuse, but it is part of my reality that we talk for a living. And so thinking about talking later is not anything that I look forward to. (laughs) No, no. Some people love the phone are very good with the phone. Uh, I get that. Okay. So, so good for you. So you're intentionally calling people. Yeah, yeah, that's it's really, really good. good. It's I mean, been really good. I'm very. Okay, that's an encouragement to me because yeah. I don't want to do that. I don't do not want to talk on the phone either. Right. So now you shamed me into this. Well, I don't mean to shame you into that's it. Okay. I'm just glad that's, I'm doing it. But, and the other thing is, you know, I started doing push-ups. You know, I don't know three. I don't know four or five months ago You're when we started in quarantine, push-ups. and I couldn't. I, I seriously couldn't do three push-ups. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I've been able to keep it up because I do it during the five o'clock news break. And that's the stacking thing that they're talking about, right? Is we already have a five o'clock news break for the three of us. That's the time when we have four minutes to get up and do something, whatever. Really? Anyway, so I was just able to put the, you know, put the push-ups in there and it just really helped to stick in my head the whole Interesting. time. Interesting. Okay. So you're, you're doing push-ups during the five o'clock break. I'm snacking. <laughs> yeah. Here's, here's my five o'clock break right there. The Andy's candy. Oh, yeah. I had some mints there. Listen, I have to go back to the sugar lifestyle Mm -hmm. that I had before, which was the non-sugar lifestyle, Mm -hmm. because what I've got going on now is something Mm. wrong. Right, right, right. When does the curtain come down on that, you know? Well, I was thinking the curtain was going to come down last night. But maybe I'll have to maybe I'll have to consider that a little longer. Mike, Mike's not like the curtain's not coming down for Mike. I'll tell you right now. Surprised I don't Absolutely see a Coke not. in his hand. Mm-hmm. Mike, did you eat a lot of sugar? I mean, the two things you were most excited about eating that you shared with us at the top of the show today yeah. was uh, sauerkraut and like beef tips or something. Yeah, sauerkraut and uh, pulled pork. And um, I've been crushing. Uh, my wife got me a, a five pound bag of Reese peanut butter cups. <gasps> nice. And I've been just going to t- going to town on that. Very and, nice. Yeah. DC Mike. Yeah. Uh-huh. DC think, Mike stands for double chin Mike. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to uh, look like at the end of 2021. Do, do you guys weigh yourself? Oh, yeah, I do. Like daily? Not daily. I mean, okay. you know, a couple of times a week. I decided to take off from Christmas to yep. New Year's and not weigh my, not weigh myself. I mean, daily is too much. Daily, you drive yourself nuts. I've always weighed myself daily. Daily? Yeah, I, I always did, have. Wow. Just check in. That's all. Well, listen, I didn't do it for the last week, and today it was a really unfortunate morning. Really? Right, come on. Did you gain like three pounds? Uh, six. Six? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now all of a sudden like, you're like, boy, Kath, you should go back to weighing yeah, yourself should. every day. How about like whenever you go to the doc, like you know, you go to, like to the doctor for a check in or whatnot, and then they weigh you at the doctor's office. I hate that so much. It's always more than they than I weigh at home. Yeah. I want to say, you know what? That's not right. I always try to like wiggle and go. You know, my shoes are super heavy. I just really I've got a let lot me of he- take. Wait, let me take off my sweatshirt. <laughs> they like just who cares? We don't really care, sir. Please just get in the room. Just be quiet about it. Okay, let's take a break. Uh, Coming up for the 5 o'clock hour, our first guest, we are going to talk about four ways with God and truth to survive 2021 and beyond. Billy Hollowell is with us in a few minutes. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy. We're streaming on Facebook. You can see our mugs. 
double chins and all here live and in color. WORD. Ahead this week from Chuck Swindoll. Now listen to me. You are in a circumstance that you're in because that's exactly where God planned it. He is not surprised and he is not frustrated. He is not out of control. He is in control. Believe me, you are right where the Father plans for you to be. Be listening for strong biblical encouragement from Chuck Swindoll. This week on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. Hello, beautiful. I'm Amy Errett, founder of Madison Reed, a hair color company I named after my daughter. We've heard from thousands of women about hair color, and the number one question is how to find the right shade. With Madison Reed, we guarantee a perfect shade match or your money back. It's easy. Take our online color quiz to determine your perfect shade. See yourself in your best shade with our online try-on tool or call our licensed colorist seven days a week. Our ammonia-free hair color delivers gorgeous, soft, shiny, multi-dimensional, healthy-looking hair with 100% gray coverage. Enjoy two great ways to get Madison Reed hair color. Visit a Madison Reed color bar or shop madison-reed.com and get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit. Use code BETTERWAY. That's code BETTERWAY. Try it. Love it. That's the beauty of Madison Reed. If you've fallen behind in your credit card payments during the shutdown, you're probably feeling some added pressures. And even a brief history of late payments can lead to a big drop in your credit score. But you don't have to solve these problems alone. Trinity Debt Management can help. We'll work with your creditors, put a stop to late fees and other penalties, and make a plan that helps you get caught up. We'll also consolidate your bills into one easy-to-manage monthly payment and negotiate much lower interest rates. Not only will you find immediate relief, you'll save thousands. And don't worry, it's not a loan. It's a smart way to get back on track. All you have to do is give Trinity a quick call, and we'll take care of the rest. Right now, no one really knows what the future will bring. But one thing is for sure. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Here's the number. Call 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. In our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. Discount deals just in time for birthdays, special occasions, or just because. And all from the comfort of your own computer or smartphone. Great deals and awesome savings. Log on now to wordfm.com, keyword shopping. morning and thinking that I went from, you know, like black and white Dorothy on the farm to the technicolor of Dorothy in the land of Oz, that 2021 would usher in this brand new, uh, wipe away all the, all the pain, all the fear, all the suffering of last year. But of course that didn't happen. I mean, Mm -hmm. we're still sort of stuck in the pandemic, not sort sort of of in the pandemic and uh, all the uh, adherent weirdness around it. 
Well, Billy Hollowell is with us, and uh, Billy's been a guest on our show in the past. He wrote a piece, Four Ways with God and Truth to Survive 2021. And, and Billy, I mean, that, that's really you know, how you started this. The garbage from last year sort of trails us to the garbage of this year. Yeah, you know, it, it makes me laugh, and it shouldn't, because we've gone through a lot over the last year. But I think all of us have been just like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait for 2021, and 2021 is going to be so great. And the reality is, you know, a clock strikes 12, and nothing really changes, right? Like, it, it has to – we have to change. And I think it's so easy to to sort of get in that new year. And I'm not trying to diminish, you know, our attempts to start a new year with a fresh mind. In fact, I think being honest about that helps us do that. And so, so yeah, we got, we got to kind of look with reality at the fact that what happened last year is still going on. It hasn't ended. Right. Yeah, I know the flipping of the calendar is not like some uh, miraculous supernatural event, right? Which just you know, erases all the bad stuff and takes away the six pounds I was talking about. Um, but, you know, maybe it's a mental thing that it's a, a good time to turn over a new leaf. Is that the way you look at it, Billy? It is. It is. And really for me, because I, I am a complainer, which is a terrible thing. And it's something I have to work on all the time. I'm a natural. It's sort of just like the, the the human being in me, the person in me, the person who is not, when I'm not close to my face, when I'm not doing what I should be doing, when I'm not waking up and reading scripture and keeping my focus, I find that I can become a big complainer. And in fact, in high school, I won worst complainer. It was one of my (laughs) superlatives. You you did. Congratulations. I did. I I know. I won funniest and worst complainer. So I don't know what the psychological (laughs) makeup is there. But, um, and so, you know, but, but for me, it's really an opportunity, and I try to do this every year. I don't really get into – I set goals, right? Okay, I don't get into resolutions, but I set goals for yeah. what do I want to accomplish this year. But I really try to say, okay, life is 90% really and truly how we react to things, and it's 10% what happens to us. And that's an old Chuck Swindoll quote, but it's so true. I think we, we think it's flipped, right? We think, oh, sure, right. it's 90% of what is happening. But if I can keep my focus on that – going into a new year, it, it really helps me throughout the year to remind myself my reaction is what is dictating, you know, how I live and how I feel about life. I know that sounds simple, but it really is true. Right. Okay. So Billy, then let's just go through the four things. And now you've been a believer for a while, but I'm surprised that, you know, number one on your list, of course, it's read the Bible. I mean, um, I yeah. think a lot of us do that every day. It's a, it's a, a spiritual muscle. But, I mean, it's key to who we are, but a lot of us just can't or won't do that. Yeah, well, and the thing is, you know, I've been, I've gone through ebbs and flows of reading the Bible, right? We're supposed Mm -hmm. to do it daily. Life gets busy, and working in media, and you may be able to relate to this too, the day starts early, you get moving, and it's so easy to forget to start with prayer and the Bible. And so, Really in 2020, and it it was amazing, for the first time, for the longest sustained period of time, and I have not stopped, I woke up and I read my Bible every single day. And that was a concerted effort I made at the start of the year. Just one chapter. That was it. Just one chapter, sometimes two. And it's a five, ten-minute commitment, you know. And, and of course, it should be longer, but that was what I said to myself. I'm going to do this every day. And sometimes the coffee pot is still brewing, and I'm doing it on version on my phone. Other times I've got my Bible out, and I'm doing it before I even turn my computer on. Um, and so that really changed things for me. And I worked on a book called Playing With Fire, and it was about evil and spiritual warfare. And that was what really motivated a lot of that, you know, wanting to be close to Scripture, making sure I was really in the Word every day. And so that's the first tip that I, that I really have for 2021 is make that time 
every morning, every day. And if you miss a day, don't beat yourself up, but get back on track and do it because it does change the entire perspective. And it helps you focus on that 90%, 10% paradigm that I referenced. That's yeah, really good. I think you're right about that. Billy Hallowell's with us. Uh, the book Playing with Fire, a modern investigation into demons, exorcism and ghosts. All right. You mentioned uh, Bible reading. What about prayer? So prayer goes right with that right now. I am also a person. My mind trails off. And, you know, I love I love to pray. I love to go on walks and pray because that's when I can really focus. If I'm sitting in a chair early morning before coffee, I will pray, but I can, my mind can trail off. So I like to write my prayers out. I have these journals that I just write the prayer out, and I focus on it. Now, not everybody wants to do that. That's how I do it. But I also paired prayer every morning. And not just like, you know, I prayed for the things that I wanted, the struggles, you know, whether it's family or whatever is going on, um, and also gratitude. And I focused on those three things in, in my prayers, writing them out. And really, and I would, I actually share this a lot on my social media. I'll, it's almost the same prayer almost every day, sometimes in different ways, but God, where do you want me to go today? Who do you want me to talk to? Who do you want me to be? You know, and kind of keeping that focus because it's so easy, even after reading and praying to find yourself doing what you want to do, right? Following your own (laughs) goals and dreams. And that's fine as long as they align with God. And so those two things, again, simple, simple steps, but hugely important. Right. Read your Bible, pray every day. Now, the third one is to watch your intake. You're not necessarily talking about your Frito intake. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's though fine that, this time of year, that too. that could apply. That could apply, <laughs> yeah. Billy. <laughs> that's something I need to do a better job of. Um, but yeah, you know, it's so this self-intake assessment, which sounds like some sort of mumbo-jumbo, it's not. What I, what I would say here is, you know, looking at what we're watching and listening to, because I have to tell you, and I work at PureFlix, you know, full, that's where I am full-time, and, and getting to tell stories and being there is amazing. Um, but but as I look at what is on television and in movies, it is crazy how bad it has gotten. And I think we get very desensitized. It's so easy to watch things during crime time and look past them because we want to get a good laugh. Um, but t- taking an assessment of what am I listening to? What are the messages I'm taking in? Because they do impact us. And I did a lot of that last year. And, you know, I'm not perfect. I, there are still things that I encounter um, and I have to kind of catch myself. But really looking at that, because we'll sit there and say, I don't have time to read. I don't have time to pray. I'm so busy. And then we find ourselves on the couch for two hours, you know, a night watching streaming television and, and what have you. So I think being aware. So reading praying, being aware of the messages collectively that are coming into our heads and our hearts. Excellent. All right. So helping others, right? This was the year, last year was 2020, of those helpers on the front line. How did you fare? You know, I, looking at the amazing things that so many people did, and, you know, for some people, this was their job, but they got up last year and they you know, walked into hospitals and doctor's offices and they did the job that so many other people didn't want to do, first responders. I mean, there are people who are always going above and beyond, but thinking through, how do I live my faith out to help others? How, you know, we, we look at what Jesus says. He says, love God, love others. You, know, you look at the commandments, they boil down into those two things, and we love others because we love God. And so looking at how do I do that? And so I really made an effort last year, you know, personally and in our family to try to find more ways to teach my five and eight-year-old 
to care for other people and to pair that with faith, right? Why are we doing this? We're doing it because, it's the, A, it's the right thing to do, but B, because God loves others, and if we have the resources to do it, we should do it. Even if we don't, we should find ways, and there's so many ways to help, right? Um, and, and everything from writing letters to soldiers with your kids to, you know, you can, you can basically, quote-unquote, um, adopt children in other countries in terms of providing for them and, you know, just doing Taking concerted steps every month, so this isn't just a one-time thing, integrating it into our lives throughout 2021, because that is, A, it helps other people, but really it teaches us so much. And that, for me, is sort of just my fourth life hack. And whenever I write these kinds of things, you know, I'm not writing them because I want to preach at people. I usually am writing them because they're helpful to me, too, right? Yeah, they're good reminders that. to me. Yeah, and that, that that's what I did last year, and that's what we're trying to do this year. That's good. I'll take that encouragement. Hey, Bill, before you leave us, uh, let's talk about your book for a second, Playing with Fire, A Modern Investigation into Demons, Exorcism, and Ghosts. Uh, Talk about the process. I mean, for anybody who's involved in this thinking about demons and exorcism and ghosts, weren't you worried about, you know, being covered over in sort of a cloud of evil? Yeah, you know, I think there's so much going on right now. We talk about our intake, right? That was one of the things we just discussed. And our culture is so inundated with these messages that run counter God. They run counter biblical. And, you know, when we talk about demons and exorcism, most people are not going to encounter those things in the ways in which I talk about in playing with fire. But these are very real things. Spiritual warfare is a very real problem that plagues Christians and non-Christians alike. And I wanted to write a book that would look journalistically and through a Christian lens at the reality of what the Bible tells us, look at people's stories, so real-life stories of people who have gone through exorcism, people who have gone through spiritual warfare, talk to mental health providers to understand, because there's a big debate in the church even, what is mental versus spiritual, trying to to navigate those paradigms, but to leave people with hope. The point of playing with fire is to help people realize at the end of the day, you have authority over those things, and I think a lot of people have looked at me sort of with a strange cross eye over the last year. Why would you write a book about this? Why would you <laughs> dive into this topic? Well, because we're not talking about it, and it has a major impact, and we need to be discussing it. And so that was the, that was the heart behind it. I appreciate right. that. Well, we look forward to getting more into that with you in the coming year. Billy, it's been a pleasure to meet you in 2020. Looking forward to a new year. Thank you so much for having me. Mm-hmm. Always That's a great pleasure. Billy Hallowell, the book is called Playing with Fire, A Modern Investigation into Demons, Exorcism, and Ghosts. We'll be right back with, does this make sense? What does what make sense? You'll find out. All right. My dad and I's faith-focused mortgage team has been telling our story to the best Christian radio audiences across the country for a while now. We've gotten to take care of thousands of families, and these are some messages some of those families were nice enough to leave with their radio station. I thought, you know what, I'm going to give Ryan a call just to see if it makes sense. Interest rates had fallen so drastically that we were able to save hundreds of additional dollars off of our mortgage. So it's been such a blessing to our family in this time of when the pandemic has hit us hard. And it just was a reminder that God can work in little ways, even like a refi. They make it so simple and easy. It's just always such a joy to talk to them. You can tell that they just love what they do and that they're just excited. They have the same values as us. We knew we could trust them. It was just a great experience all around. We 
our United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. As mothers and caregivers, we tend to put others before ourselves. Former Texas Governor Ann Richards once said, if you think taking care of yourself is selfish, change your mind. In planning for your retirement, it's important to pay yourself first. Women have unique needs as investors. They generally live longer than men and have less saved. Kurt Kenotic and the team at Accurate Solutions Group have developed a complimentary guide to help women achieve financial independence called 10 tips to help empower women investors this guide addresses the reasons every woman should have a financial plan of her own for your copy of this guide from accurate solutions group call or text tips to 412-515-3555 that's 412-515-3555 don't put others retirement plans before your own take the first step toward your financial independence today call or text tips to 412-515-3555 3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Listening to this Allstate commercial about savings might be the hardest thing about getting those savings. Save for simply becoming an Allstate customer. Save more for adding DriveWise. And save even more for driving safely. Visit Allstate.com or contact your local agent for a quote today. Allstate. Minimum effort, maximum reward. Not available in every state. New customer savings based on early signing discount. Drive is an optional feature. Savings vary based on how you buy. Subject to terms and conditions. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com. iHeart, tune in, and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. Now I'm, you know, trying to get better, stronger than ever. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. This afternoon, cloudy with a snow shower in spots, high 36. Cloudy for tonight, low 30. Mostly cloudy Tuesday, high 36. Tomorrow night, low 30. Mostly cloudy on Wednesday, high again, 36. Cloudy on Thursday, high 35. And sunshine and some clouds Friday with a high 36. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. Does, does what make sense? You know what I'm going to say. No. What, what do you... The New Year's resolution. All right. I'm glad you brought this up because I've got a New Year's thing as well. Okay. The New Year's resolution. Uh-huh. Does it make sense? Does it make sense? Well, I'm of two minds to this. Okay. I mean, the resolution, you want to improve yourself. So you use the artificial time marker of last year I was this way and I'm going to f- jump over this time marker and I'm going to make myself a better person mm-hmm. now you know as well as I do I mean resolutions rarely stick all right maybe for a first couple of weeks or so you're good at your exercise or your you know your new bible reading plan and then you just evolve back into your regular self sure. and you slog through mm-hmm so I would say New Year's resolutions, as well-intentioned as they are, they don't make any sense at all. 
You're absolutely right, John. Thank what you. a silly idea. What? what the heck difference is there between January 1st, 2021 and December 31, 2020? Nothing except what you're writing on your checks. People, it's no, I just, I know it doesn't make sense. It's a waste of time and energy. No, no, there's got to be some goodness in there. There's got to be some wisdom in there. You can change a habit or whatever in February or July as easily as you can change in January. Which brings me to, does it make sense? Okay. My version, because, you know, you've been to my house on New Year's Eve. I sure have. And you know that I love a New Year's Eve celebration. certainly do. This goes back to when I was a kid. And I just, I mean, I love the anticipation. But then, you know... We bring in the new year. There's clanging of bells and banging of pots. There's, you know, festivities and treats and good food and fellowship. Yeah. But there's a timeline. The timeline from, you know, one second is the old, and then we cross over to the new. I I love it so much, but... Does that make sense? New no, Year's it doesn't make sense. The ball dropping and the Times Square and the Jennifer Lopez. And yeah, the, I mean, no. you know, I, I just, yay. It's a, it's a, it's a fresh start. It's the, the page is new. We're, we're going to go into something bigger and better and change. And no. there's wisdom Mariah, and grace. Mariah Carey was still lip syncing after New Year's as she was before. Heck. Well, as much as I hate to admit it, and as much as I love New Year's, it doesn't make a lot of sense. (laughs) 101.5-WORD. In touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. The very being of God is who Jesus Christ is. He is second in command. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three persons of the Trinity who are all equal in attributes and in power because there's one single purpose and one unity in the Godhead. In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley, helping you grow in Christ every day. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Ready for a change of scenery in the new year? The best place to start is your own home. If you haven't tried Blinds.com, now's the time to start the year fresh with new window treatments at a great low price. Save on everything at Blinds.com, including blinds, shades, interior shutters, and even outdoor shades. Whether you're looking for blackout shades or that perfect glow choose from a beautiful array of options customized just for your home it's easy to order online with free shipping and a guaranteed perfect fit whether you diy or have them handle the install from start to finish do not wait to save enjoy a brand new view all year long and turn your dream home into a reality visit blinds.com now to save on the new year's easiest home improvement project Plus, pay over 24 months at 0% APR on qualifying purchases with PayPal Credit Easy payments through January 31st, 2021. As of September 1st, 2020, new PayPal credit accounts have a variable purchase APR of 23.99% that will vary with the market based on the prime rate. Minimum interest charge is $2. Subject to credit approval. Visit blinds.com slash PayPal for details. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and crazy. 
Christ and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. Finding the right type of care for your loved one can be a highly emotional decision. Moving your loved one to a nursing home, rehab center, or independent care may not be necessary. Help at Home, formerly XL Home Care, can provide a warm, family-like environment with a Help at Home caregiver, or you may even qualify to get paid to take care of the ones you love. To learn more, call Help at Home, 412-212-8950, 412-212-8950. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu. Adam and Eve and the Ice Age. You ever think about this? I mean, it's one of those weird... what, What happened when? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. an odd timeline, and I, I've thought about it, and it kind of vexes me. So we're happy to have Hugh Ross back with us. Hugh Ross is the founder, the president of Reasons to Believe, an organization that's dedicated to the integrating scientific fact and biblical faith. His books include Weathering Climate Change, Why the Universe is the Way it Is, and Navigating Genesis. But today, Hugh is with us to talk specifically about Adam and Eve in the Ice Age. Hugh, welcome back. Happy New Year to you. Well, Happy New Year to you, too. All right. So how should we think about Adam and Eve in the Ice Age? Um, In what order did these things occur? What do we know? Well, we do know that Adam and Eve were created by God during an Ice Age, simply by the description we see in Genesis chapter 2, because it names four rivers, tells us where the four rivers flow from, what regions they flow through, and how they come together in the Garden of Eden. Two of those rivers are flowing today, the Tigris and the Euphrates. Two of them, the Gihon and the Pishon, have dried up. Uh, But you can actually see the dried up riverbeds through satellite imagery. And where the four come close together is now more than 200 feet below sea level. It's basically in the southeastern portion of the Persian Gulf. But during the last ice age, that would have been dry land, because during an ice age, the sea levels drop three to 400 feet lower than where they are today. Mm-hmm. And so that tells us that uh, they were created sometime during, the, during an ice age, most likely the last ice age, which would put their creation date from a biblical perspective somewhere between 15,000 and 130,000 years ago. And amazingly, that's more accurate than our best scientific date. Our best scientific date puts the origin of human beings somewhere between 40,000 and 250,000 years ago. So we actually get a more accurate date from a biblical. That's because we don't have any uh, systematic error-free dating methods uh, for the time period in which human origins uh, arrive. I see. So then, Hugh, these are ballpark then, for the most part, right? So then, then talk about the overlapping timeline of the Ice Age and Adam and Eve. Well, they do overlap. Um, and, you know, it explains why they were comfortable in the garden without clothing, because if they were in the southeastern portion of the Persian Gulf, 
Uh, it's much warmer there all year round than it is in the Mesopotamian plain. And also we know geologically there's big underground aquifers there. In fact, there's a reference to that in Genesis 2. It talks about how streams came up from below. That would be from the aquifers, which would have meant that they were living in a relatively humid environment, and therefore okay. they would have been quite pleasant uh, living there literally 12 months of the year uh, without any clothing. If you tell us what, uh, and I, I'm going to have to, I guess, move backward just a little bit um, because of my lack of understanding, but you're talking about an ice age and you're saying though, that that's why Adam and Eve were comfortable not having clothing on because they lived in such a tropical climate. So what does it mean to the entire earth when it's in an ice age? Because obviously all parts aren't cold. No, not all parts are cold. I mean, Canada and Siberia are covered with thousands of feet of ice. And in fact, during the last ice age, 55% of North America was covered with ice. Uh, where the two of you were living was underneath ice. So uh, all of Ohio was covered with ice. And uh, where I live in California, the ice age penetrated all the way down into Southern California. Yosemite Valley, for example, was carved up by the retreat of ice from the last ice age. So North America was impacted much more significantly uh, than Europe and Asia were. I mean, the Persian Gulf area would have remained uh, relatively, uh, you know, balmy in spite of the fact that ice had kept all the way down to Crimea. Reasons to believe we're talking with astronomer Hugh Ross. So, Hugh, uh, this gives us hope then, because if Adam and Eve could survive the Ice Age, then the... um, the so-called uh, climate change that is upon us, it doesn't necessarily mean catastrophe for the world. Well, it does in this sense. Uh, when you come into an ice age, it brings about periods of extreme climate instability for virtually all regions of the world. I mean, that's another basis for the benefit of the southeastern part of the Persian Gulf. Uh, it would have been reasonably isolated from these extreme climate uh, changes. But, for example, almost the entirety of the rest of the world would be subject to temperature differences jumping up and down by 12 degrees centigrade over time scales of just a few centuries. That explains, for example, why you don't see large-scale agriculture until we come out of the last ice age. We actually have evidence that humans during the last ice age had the technology uh, to bake bread. And so they were planting mm-hmm. grains, harvesting the grains, roasting the grains, and uh, grinding them up and turning them into bakery products. But we know from the evidence it was on a very small scale, and the grains uh, were such that they were engaged in what we would call um, mixed farming. You'd have to, with a climate being that unstable, uh, farmers would need to plant, say, a dozen different grains with the expectation that nine of them would fail, three of them would succeed, they wouldn't know which three. So it explains why farms, up until the Neolithic Revolution, where we come out of the last ice age, the farms were all small, it was all mixed farming, family farms, where they were kind of doing everything on one farm. You had to do that given the climate instability. It also explains why you don't see how the burst of technology Uh, Because what it takes is the capacity uh, to specialize, 
uh, scale up your agriculture so that you can produce a huge surplus of food Mm -hmm. and use that surplus of food to basically set most of your population free to do things like art, music, engineering, science, technology. I mean, for example, here in the United States, we use less than 1% of our total population to produce the food that we need to survive. The other 99% of us uh, get to do astrophysics, uh, music, art, uh, literature, and that explains why we've seen such a phenomenal advance in technology. But it can only happen if you live in an era of an extreme climate stability. That's something I wrote about in my book, Weathering Climate Change, is that only in the last 9,000 years has planet Earth had climate stability so extreme that the global mean temperature has not changed by more than plus or minus 0.65 degrees centigrade. And it's because of that extreme climate stability, we've been able to launch and sustain global technology. We've been able to build up a human population of billions. And from a biblical perspective, we would anticipate that because it tells us in the book of Revelation there's going to be an uncountable number of humans that will be part of the redeemed host in heaven. And the Greeks could count up into the billions. So it's telling us that there will actually be multiple billions of humans that will be part of the redeemed host. And that's simply not conceivable unless you have thousands of years of extreme climate stability. Yes. All right, then. You, so you said 9,000 years of climate stability, uh, but it looks as though, from your own uh, account, that we're heading into an era of instability. So then what does all that mean if we're thinking about billions of people and long-term climate stability? Well, I'm arguing in my book that we can sustain the climate stability we've been enjoying for the past 9,000 years uh, for another 1,400 to 1,500 years. And unlike the Al Gore's of the world, I'm claiming we can do that when we boost the world economy rather than cripple the world economy, particularly for the benefit of the poor. At the same time, we can enhance the ecosystems of the world. I mean, God has provided us with multiple win-win solutions to the climate crisis we're currently facing. And frankly, I don't think we can motivate the peoples and nations of the world unless we give them an economic incentive. Mm. But the economic incentives are there everywhere. And so I have two chapters in my book just saying, here are things we can do that will put more money in everybody's pockets, increase our health, make us healthier, benefit the world's ecosystems, so the plants and animals benefit. At the same time, we stabilize the climate. And, you know, what politician is going to vote against that? No, Hugh Ross is with us, astronomer. His latest book is called Weathering Climate Change. So, Hugh, that is good news. Uh, I guess the the, sort of the hurdle is, uh, as the clock ticks, there's still a lot of naysayers among us. But can work be done to slow things down and to help us all so that we can continue to flourish, as you say, for the next 1,400 to 2,000 years? Well, I do think we have to act in significant ways within the next decade. If we wait more than a decade, it will be too late. But, and that's why I'm claiming we need to give people significant economic motivation. That's how you get people acting fast. And um, 
know, my concern is we have a lot of these climatologists and politicians saying we need carbon taxes. Right. Uh, we need to, you know, stop people using automobiles. We need to shut down factories. Those kinds of moves are so economically crippling that people aren't going to do it. And even if we Americans do it, the rest of the world won't do it. And so that's simply going to delay what we need to do. But if we can provide people with economic incentives, they're going to say, why didn't we think of this yesterday? They're going to jump on it, and we're going to be able to stabilize the climate before it's too late. Very good. Hugh Ross from Reasons to Believe. Okay, Hugh, with all things, right, there's always loopholes. Can you speak to the idea of um, carbon credits and what that means for developing worlds versus, um, you know, uh, first world countries? Well, the idea of carbon credits, it's really a carbon tax, is basically to provide people through our taxation system with a motivation to limit the amount of carbon they put in the atmosphere. And what I'm arguing in my book, look, there's technological fixes to that, uh, which actually benefit everybody. There are ways we can reduce the amount of carbon we put into the atmosphere without having to pass these laws without having to penalize people, without putting in taxation systems or wealth redistribution systems. I mean, the whole idea, we're going to benefit the poor. We create wealth rather than redistribute the wealth. So I'm all for wealth redistribution through charitable giving. I mean, I think that's a biblical principle. Uh, God did uh, enable certain people to become wealthy so that they can use their wealth to benefit the poor. Well, when the government steps in, then people stop being charitable. Yes. And so I'm, I'm, what I love about living in the United States, we have tax laws different from the other nations of the world, which motivate us to give money, and particularly to give money to the poor. But there's other things we can do to make that even more aggressive than what we're doing right now. This is fascinating. Uh, It's a slippery slope. I mean, I can hear people, you know, listening to you right now. And, you know, uh, there are still the naysayers among us who are rolling their eyes whenever the conversation comes up to climate change. So what do you say to people who are, you know, they they hear this and they go, this is all politics. This is a bunch of baloney. I don't believe this at all. I'm just going to go about and live my life. Well, I waited to bring out my book until we had really reliable temperature records uh, for the past 10,000 years. And that was done by a group of researchers around the world that looked at not just one temperature proxy, but 74 different temperature proxies. And so for the first time, we got temperature records for the past 9,000 years that are indisputable. And so what I put in the first few chapters, I'm going to say, here's the data. And I think part of what's causing people alarm, there's been so much focus on carbon dioxide. Mm-hmm. That's just one factor. You've got nitrous oxide. You've got methane. I mean, one of the uh, enigmas is Canada is warming five times faster than the rest of the world. And that can't be explained by greenhouse gases. But it is well explained uh, by carbon soot being deposited from coal-burning factories and homes in China and India because there's evidence that the atmospheric circulation basically dumps a huge load of that carbon soot on on Canada 
It melts the snow, it melts the ice, and causes Canada to warm the degree that it does. Uh, but keep in mind it's a global mean temperature. Eastern Europe is getting colder. So parts of the world are getting warmer, parts of the world are getting colder, and the naysayers like to cite those places where it's getting colder. Uh, but when you look at the temperature proxies around the world, there's really no basis for doubting that from 8,700 years ago to 1950, the global mean temperature very gradually cooled by one degree centigrade. Hugh Ross, astronomer from Reasons to Believe. His brand new work is called Weathering Climate Change. Hugh, it's always a pleasure. Fascinating. Your presence here is greatly appreciated. Election fraud, radical abortion rights, open borders, riots in our streets, and regime changes in other nations. Meet George Soros, an atheist and one of the most dangerously influential people in America, pouring millions of dollars into the leftist agenda, instigating society's demoralization to control a free people and destroy the foundations of Christianity and our constitutional order. Watch the new film, Billionaire Radical. George Soros and the scheme to remake America. Online at SalemNow.com. See the movie that George Soros and the far left don't want you to see. Learn the truth and prepare to be shocked. Billionaire Radical. George Soros and the scheme to remake America. Online at SalemNow.com for just $9.99. Or buy the DVD for just $12.99. Go to SalemNow.com. Get 20% off with promo code Pittsburgh. That's SalemNow.com. Promo code Pittsburgh. Still paying outrageous premiums for your health insurance? Or maybe you settled with a ministry plan, some short-term medical or limited benefit plan that lacks the coverage you need? This is Kathy Emmons for my friends at Marley Financial. Every agency offers the same stuff, well, except for Marley. Marley Financial now offers a unique ACA clone that looks, feels, and most importantly, acts just like a Blue Cross plan. In fact, it's even better. You can go to any hospital or facility anywhere in the country. They'll actually waive your deductible for inpatient and surgery. Does your plan do that? Plus, they can customize your plan to reduce your costs for the rest of your life. Contact Marley Financial today, 724-884-1496. You don't have to wait till open enrollment. 724-884-1496 or visit MarleyFG.com. Nobody does health insurance like Marley. 724-884-1496. The COVID-19 pandemic continues to weigh on us. While we all feel helpless, remember there is much we can do to protect ourselves, our family and friends, all of us. Simply get in the habit of wearing a mask and maintain six feet of space between yourself and others in public. Wash your hands often and stay home if you feel sick. It takes all of us to combat COVID-19. Go to cdcfoundation.org to learn more. Welcome back to Customize and Save with Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, the game show where you only pay for what you need. And we're out of time. Only pay for what you need at libertymutual.com. Liberty, 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 liberty. For many, many years, I've been a big fan of Jeopardy and Alex Trebek. And, of course, Alex Trebek passed away recently. This week, if you don't know, is the final episodes of Alex Trebek as the host of Jeopardy. It starts tonight. The final show is uh, Friday. And uh, I'm going to tune in to say goodbye to Alex because, um, 
I mean, what a great guy. And, uh, I mean, you, you see him out there doing a terrific job for those many dec- decades. Kath, it's excellence in action and uh, excellence in action. And, you know, it's, it's difficult to produce something live every day. And Alex has done a great job, hasn't he? Oh, my gosh. He's a preeminent host of in any medium, really. I mean, he has he was from the very beginning. And, you know, I often think, you know, with hopefully each one of us, we get better as we go along. I don't even know if that's the case with him. He just seemed like he was fully formed from the time he started that gig. I'm into that. Alex Trebek this evening on Jeopardy. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.